Well, welcome everybody to the first ever uh, local music scene with Kara Jean pod uh, episode of the podcast. Um, we or I decided that it would be lots of fun to um, have uh, a guest on this one, just because there's only one first. <clears throat> Where are I doing this in a spider infested? Not- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it came to me. Yeah. Fantastic. We're, out, um, we're outdoors. We're outdoors. Like yeah. Um, so uh, I have Casey Ryan here with me. Hello, everybody. Um, he was actually the first uh, interview I ever did for local music scene. Um, if, if some of you are watch the Instagram and uh, YouTube and Facebook interviews, um, so I thought it would be fitting since it's been a year. <laughs> no. We're good. Maybe we should have looked under it. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, I think we're okay. Anyways. Anyways. It's unedited. Uh, we're just going with we're it. We're just going with we're it. We're sitting yeah. at a table outside in somebody's backyard, friend of Kara's, and yeah. uh, her table, I think, has a, a spider problem. But yeah. No, we're, we're doing it. We're, we're do- doing it. We're going to make it happen. So we're going to do it. Um, so, yeah. So, it's been a year since I started this whole project, um, and if you don't know... Uh, or haven't heard of me before, um, I do a, uh, interview with people in per- usually in person, but since COVID happened, I've been doing it on Instagram live and I just inter- interview local bands from all over the country. Um, and so I thought it'd just be fun to, uh, start this and go kind of a different route. And, um, Casey was generous enough to be on the first one and I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm we, here uh, yeah, so. and we're both here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is where it all began. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's just get into it. Yeah, um, um, Yeah. so I guess, yeah, so um, my name's Casey Ryan, as she said. Kara's uh, <laughs> been coming to my shows now for a few years, and um, super stoked that, you know, she's doing this, and um, I think I've told her since day one that she's doing something really important for... Um, musicians and especially uh, singer-songwriters that are coming up in the scene. Um, I'm from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and I actually met her at where she lives in Seattle, and uh, and we've kind of just blossomed in this cool friendship, and um, it's been cool to see her progress and grow in this industry, and she's like really put her uh, her nose to the grindstone on this process and, um, and uh, help artists that you know, need to get a voice, and I think that that's a really important thing, especially um, to be able to continue doing it during a pandemic. It's pretty awesome that you've continued to do it. Thank you. Because it's exposed to huge vulnerability in the music industry, and a lot of artists are suffering, so yeah. it's uh, it's good that you're doing something like this still. Thank so, you. Yeah. Has I appreciate it, uh, that. Has it, yeah, has it been like... I was going to actually ask you about this last night at my show, but has it been... How have you kind of adapted with with everything that's been going on? Have you kind of had to like pull back on things, or have you gotten more people? Or I mean, how's it? Oh, I mean, it as soon as uh, the pandemic kind of hit in March, I was like, I I didn't really, I wasn't sure what I was gonna do because I was like, oh, now I can't do it in person anymore, you know, yeah. at the studio. So um, I was like, well, I guess maybe I'll uh, do one uh, on 
uh, on Instagram. And so the first person I asked was Xander. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, do you want to just, like, do a live with me on Instagram and see how it goes? Because I would never done it on Instagram before. And uh, he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so um, uh, Xander is also a, a local musician Shout in Seattle. Shout out Xander. Shout out One of my Xander. favorite people. Yeah. So. Um, and so uh, he... Uh, he was like, yeah, let's do it. That sounds like fun. Well, then it kind of went really well. And, uh, people found out that I was doing it and thought it was like a normal thing. Mm. (laughs) So I had like, within a week, I had probably 20 people that asked me if they could do it. That's awesome. And then March, April, May, June, and last month, July, I was booked every single day for six days a week. Um, and did a different musician every day. Yeah. Through That's the whole awesome. pandemic, yeah. So, or I guess it's still going on, but... Um, yeah, it's crazy how everything's just... It's just trans... I mean, those platforms were always, you know, beneficial for artists, but I think even now they're just... They're like the only really method to... Yeah. To get out there. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, for you, I mean, you weren't really doing that, so what was yeah, it I mean, like for yeah. you to make that transition? Well, I mean, I, I'd never done any of the live stream stuff. Yeah. But it was just weird. So I remember um, I saw you the show that I had in Seattle, mm-hmm. I think the night before everything got locked down. Yeah. And then I drove back to Spokane for this big show that I, uh, like, since like kind of a hometown show mm-hmm. at this venue called the pin. And, uh, I remember I was in the green room before that show about to go on stage and like my openers were on stage. And, uh, I just, I, I was like looking at my phone and like, I, I was just getting emails after emails saying like, Hey, we're just canceling your shows. And like, and then I played that show, and then literally as I got off stage is when the governor announced that they were shutting everything down that night. So I kind of, it was just weird. I don't know, I got done playing the show, and the show was actually sold out, but yeah. like half the people showed up, like if that. Wow. It was because like, it was just like a really weird night, I think. Yeah. And then I remember at the end of the night, we we all went up to the bar. There was like probably 20 of us still there just hanging out and stuff and uh we went up to the bar and we all like took a shot and it was just this really eerie weird feeling in the air like you get because i mean when it first hit like hit we nobody knew really anything about it so we yeah. just were all kind of like i was like admittedly kind of freaked out too just yeah i mean when you when stuff starts getting shut down and then you're like oh shit this is real this is yeah you know, this is really, serious it's, yeah it's, it's just it's it's weird yeah so um it was definitely it definitely sucked because it just, I mean, and I'm not alone in this, but it just uprooted everything. Yeah. I mean, like, so I live in Arizona now and, um, I, I flew back, um, from Spokane that night. And like, I just, again, I kept getting emails and emails just saying like, you know, we're not going to have music anymore. And then the States just kept getting locked down. And then, uh, and then, and then like when it, like a couple weeks after the lockdown hit and, I really started to have like reevaluate. Okay, like, what am I gonna do? Yeah, you know? I mean, right. It's just I was, you know, finally after you know six years of pursuing this, like, yeah. you know, with my whole head and heart, that like it was finally to a point where I was like playing two hundred to five hundred person venues, like playing like all original shows. Of course, still throwing like the the bar cover shows in there every now and then and stuff. Yeah. But I was finally like on this point of like getting to where I wanted to be essentially, and yeah. then it just just fucking it sucked <laughs> so um but I'm not really the kind of person that like I don't really like to like wallow in one place for very long like yeah. I think it's important to you know 
feel things and, and go through them, but this is something that nobody could control at all. Yeah. So I just, I, I, um, my, my girlfriend, Amber, she was working the entire time and I was essentially just, I, I've just, I've been in this place where I've just been spending most of the days by myself and, you know, just, so I had to, and I get in my own head a lot and get in my own way a lot. So I had to basically, so what I did after a couple of weeks is I, I wrote like this giant checklist of things that I had to do every day. Like yeah. whether it was like reading, meditating, whatever, just so I could, you know, keep my head on straight. And then also, yeah. you know, okay, how do I still play music for people? And that's where the live streams came in. Yeah. But I figured if I was going to do live streams that I would try to at least do it for like, not just me, like do it for a purpose. Yeah. So originally, like my first, I mean, selfishly, admittedly, my first thought was like, oh, well, I can, I can still make money off live streams. I'll just like put like a donation link yeah. and stuff. Um, but then there was just like the weird part of me was just like, you know what? Like, I'm okay on money for a while. I, I think that like I want to help people, at least try to help people that are in like that same position or they couldn't get unemployment or they couldn't get any assistance or it's just too backlog for them to get any assistance. So I decided to raise money for the RERF, which is the restaurant emergency relief fund, which aided out of work or unemployed hospitality workers, which include like bars, restaurants, small venues, all that. So, um, that's pretty much what I did for like five weeks. And outside of that, I just tried to write, I, I wrote a lot of new songs and I've been trying to just adapt, but, um, to be honest, yeah, I don't really know where it's headed. Or I mean, I mean, I think everybody can conservatively say that that you know it, it's it's been it's being estimated that up to ninety percent of independent music venues could close by the end of twenty twenty, yeah. and it's really really fucking sad. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I mean that, and then um, when when I heard like through the grapevine about Idaho, I mean. I, I have mixed feelings about it, and I've, I've changed my I've tune on it a couple times. Just went back and forth, like okay, like selfishly, I want to play music, but like also, I mean, the virus is a real thing, yeah. So it's like we have to be mindful of that, like despite you know the survival rate being so high, like I still think it's just a sign of like mutual respect to not be selfish during this time, yeah. And uh, so I've kind of struggled with that too to say, you know, you know, do I really want to? you know, invite all these people out and like put people that are at risk at risk for something that, you know, I could potentially be responsible for if I, you know, put these yeah. shows together. So I, as of right now where it says, I'm just trying to balance that, like, you know, wanting to play music and then also wanting to be responsible and, yeah. and then also just balance my own like sanity and, you know, sort through my own feelings at this time. So yeah. Yeah, it's just a, it's just it's a weird time for sure. So I don't know. I hope that, um, like I said, I hope that you know sooner than later we can all move forward from this. It's not because it's not just music. It's it's everybody. It's everybody. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you, okay? So I was going to ask you. Did you did you as far as your employment, like mm-hmm. what happened with? I mean, so we uh, we had a hundred and twenty employees. And uh, when it went, when it, that weekend after I saw you play that Monday, they announced that um, everybody was going to go, everybody that could work from home mm-hmm. would be remote. And that yeah. was only going to be one person and the manager for every department. Yeah. So my department that I'm in, I'm part of the processing department. I'm a receptionist um, at uh, underwriting, like underwriting firm yeah. in downtown Bellevue uh, near Seattle. And, um, so they literally sent a hundred and 
hundred people home. Mm. And uh, for a while, it was just about 15 of us that were there. Yeah. Um, and the same 15 people throughout the whole thing and still is. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to change. So since we're mostly on the phone, you know, we had to change what we do. But we also work with all state agents, farmers agents and um, like independent agencies. They changed everything for them too. All, all state agents had to go home. They weren't allowed to work like outside of their house. Um, and, um, so there was, um, a thing that really like changed for us was they basically decided to, um, keep going with it, but they were not going to give anybody raises this Mm -hmm. year. Uh, we also weren't, uh, uh, going to hire anybody. Yeah. It was like a higher freeze as soon as March or April hit. Um, and so um, I definitely, in the beginning, I wasn't, uh, I really kind of admittedly didn't take it seriously. I was like, whatever. Like, yeah. No, yeah, I think, I, you know. I think, yeah, it was, it was 50-50. Yeah. I think for a lot of I people, was like, like uh, I bounced back and forth too. Yeah. But. And then they, the, so the moment, so there's two receptionists. My job is two people and, uh, IT had to go home. She, the moment it hit on Tuesday, she was out. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have a choice of whether I was staying or going because one of us had to be there, you know, in case, um, people come in or, you know, whatever, you know, what receptionists do. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't even have a choice. I was there at that point. And, um, and so, uh, I've been doing her job and my job and IT's job this whole time. Jeez. Like anything they need in person. Uh, did you get a fucking like pay raise for that? No. Or, yeah, of course not. Yeah. Um, so, and I also was dealing with, uh, you know, being injured from the car accident. And so I'm still dealing with that. And so like, Gosh. Uh, it was just a mess. Like, and then I, I got injured more from falling. Um, and so like, and it rains, it pours. Yeah. yeah. And so, then trying to do, you know, yeah. what, you know, the podcast or the, the, the yeah. local music scene. And, yeah, so the just... week before, so the week of the last week of February, the week of, um, you know, I'll kind of divulge a little bit the week of this whole thing kind of going down. I was really, really sick the last week of February and, that next week was when they were kind of deciding that COVID was a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother had died that week. So I was like already in it, <sighs> in yeah. my feels. And then, so the week that everything was announced, I'm coming from Seattle where the epicenter of it all is. I go to California for the funeral and everybody is like, you shouldn't be here. Like there's a virus going on. There sh- you shouldn't be here. You're in Seattle. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, this is my brother's fucking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna be here. Thanks. And why would uh, and the, the fact that somebody had the nerve to say that to you? Yeah, even bothers me. Jeez. Yeah. So then uh, I come back. I, I was feeling better. I come back, and then two weeks later, like you know, we're dealing. I come back to us like dispersing everybody home and everything, and they're what they're trying to adjust to because they'd never deal with it either, yeah. and um, and then uh. And then two weeks, that next week, that next uh, Monday, my grandma dies. 
So it like I'm so sorry. <laughs> like it was so it was just like one thing after another. So then you know going through this whole pandemic has actually doing the interviews kind of saved me in a way. Wow, that's fucking amazing. And yeah. kind of made me focus on something else. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, I'm just going to put my head to the table. I'm going to reach out to people and say, hey, if you want to do an interview, I'll do an interview with you. Mm-hmm. you know? And there, I, I won't charge you. We'll just have a conversation, yeah. you know, about you and your music. Well, that just spread like wildfire across the whole country. So where mm-hmm. I was just doing it in Seattle, it just went all over. Mm-hmm. And the one minute I had one person... It, it went to the other person in Nevash- Nashville, and then they told all their friends, and Camden told his, and it was yeah. just this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, that became I became a, for two people in particular who told me, I became a, a inspiration, so to say, of them wanting to do the same thing. Yeah. Right? So one person uh, took that, the martial law band, mm-hmm. took that and decided that they were going to do the cure which had uh, musicians from all over Seattle uh, and all over the country that were, had a purpose, had a vision of, that followed their vision of wanting to help people, wanting to you know, make a change. Um, and in the midst of all of that, they were raising money for nurses. So their show was mostly to gain followers to be able to raise money for all these nurses, which they did a really good job doing mm-hmm. and had amazing uh, like feedback. And then, um, so then... Uh, the other person, she's in Nashville, and she did the same thing and uh, was trying to raise money for Nashville because you know, Nashville had shut down at that point. Yeah. Um, and so, and then I just kind of started by April, I just kind of started seeing the actual severity of what it was doing to the musicians and the people I cared about. Yeah. And like, I was like, okay, so what can I do? I, I can't give everybody money. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm barely making it but too, give people a voice. but I can give yeah. everybody a chance to still play, Hundred percent. you yeah. know, what oh, everybody yeah. wanted. Yeah. And so, um, I, I just started telling everybody and started giving out dates and I was doing it originally, uh, like once Tuesday or, you know, Monday through Friday, I was doing everybody one like one night at seven o'clock and then on Saturdays I was doing it four times a day but yeah busy yeah Yeah. so it was hard though because I rearranged my whole life to accommodate to it you Mm -hmm. know I also was going through shit so like yeah it it was helping but eventually it was like man I'm like I can't do anything well there's nothing to do anyways yeah because we're all locked down yeah that's true you know so like I I had a complex about it because I was like I don't even want to be locked down for one for two I don't know if, if this is really something everybody really wants to do, you know? Yeah. And then I thought, where's the future of LMS at this point? Yeah. You know, like I started really kind of hitting me or it started really kind of hitting me and, um, I just continued to do it. I was like, I'll just figure it out as it is, you know? And so I just continued to do it. Well, then it grew bigger than what I could do on my own. Mm -hmm. So, um, I asked Xander to help me and to do some of the days so I could have a day off. Yeah. And, yeah. like, only having Sunday off was not enough for me. I was, like, man, I'm, I was exhausted by the end of it. 
And though people were like, dang, you're doing it every single day. I'm like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and for me, it was like, whatever, at this point, I'm doing it. I told you that artists will never not want to talk about, talk about themselves. I told you about that. <laughs> and it just, that's exactly what happened. People yeah. just were like. I knew it was. You know? <laughs> yeah. They were like, let me have my I voice. I need to speak <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. And you want me to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it actually just kind of helped me. Uh, become um, you know a lot bigger and I got a lot of really amazing musicians out of it yeah. and, and still do like people that are, are way you know uh, more kind of famous I guess in some respect uh, well, it's just, than, yeah. mo- than most and it yeah. would, they were reaching out to me mm-hmm. and I was like how, I don't even have to look for people they're just yeah. like left and right well, that's the goal that's know? the goal like exactly. even as, as an interviewer or I mean just well I guess in any career that you choose like you want you want to become like sought after yeah and that's good um, yeah in, in any respect that's that's amazing that's especially with how busy you were it's really cool I'm, I'm really fucking proud of you that you kept doing that that's awesome thank you so yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's been fun. I mean, I've met a lot of, like, really awesome people. Mm-hmm. And it's actually helped me gain more, um, you know, more confidence in it, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, well, I stopped like using else. a book. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was using a book. Like, if you don't know, I was using a book in the beginning of it and, like, trying to make sure my questions were appropriate. Yeah. And, once like, you answer the, well, once you ask the questions enough, you can just kind of, you, you can kind of kind of do yeah, it. Yeah, like so, flow, but, I mean, after a while. I mean, I, I think I've done... So we were, I was on a pod, on my own, uh, I was on a podcast that somebody asked me to be on uh, a couple weeks ago to talk about LMS, and we call it LMS, um, and uh, he it's was It's not like, a disease. It's not, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, local exactly. music scene, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. not like you're in a wheelchair or something. Yeah, but. exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we've, we've condensed it down. Um, and so, yeah, so like, he was like, oh, you know... Uh, going he was asking me all these questions about it and like how I started it and why and all these other things and I'm just like you know it's weird being on the other side of the table of people asking me how I wanted Uh, to do it and where I wanted to go with it and like that's why a podcast I think is um I I, that's why we we, we talked about it like mm -hmm. you know a few months back about Mm -hmm. like how I think that'd be a great idea just Mm -hmm. because like just for that reason alone it's like I think that you know you should be able to speak about how you feel about things too yeah you know and i that I, I even our first interview i think that's kind of what i had in mind i wanted it to be more about because i don't just want to talk about my own shit but, yeah right <laughs> so, but yeah no so that's yeah that's really cool but um so yeah. going back to that that first interview right yeah just i'm curious to know yeah from then to that first one to have you seen any of them recently of the of yours yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so oh yeah, you're you're like you're way like I mean you're just on it now. It's cool. Yeah, yeah it's cool to see. I'm just curious but, what you thought. Yeah, no, I I I I totally agree. Um, I think that yeah, you it's just one of those things you just had to do a bunch and then like even the first one I thought I even told you it was really good. Yeah. Because I think that uh, there's a there's a quote and I think I even said this in the first interview yeah. um, by Dallas Green from City and Color. He says that uh, good questions get good answers. Yeah, uh, yeah, love, you I did. Yeah, so and it's it's still relevant. So I mean, it's just uh, you know, people yeah, people ask the wrong questions too often. I think yeah, whether it's existential questions or yeah, I don't know if you want to get into that, but I mean, even <laughs> us being like 
friends, it was, I still was really, really, really nervous that day. And just like, something about, a, I think there's just something about like a camera and a microphone that just kind of makes you feel like, I don't know. But after a while, you kind of get, you know, yeah, just like, into it. Yeah. Even like right now, we know that there's something recording us. Yeah. So it's like this weird, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's people weird. like don't, I don't know. Some people don't like, I don't know. I used to hate the sound of my voice. Yeah. And now I'm just like, well, and I still hate it. But like, now I'm used to that hate. Because I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. all right, that's just the way my voice sounds. It's just the way that it is. And you so. sing, so you can't <laughs> really, you chose a profession that uses it. <laughs> Yeah, that's like one thing too. Like, and you know, so if I if I sing a song that I've sang a hundred times, and for mm-hmm. some reason I like miss a note, or like sometimes like if I belt it, like my voice goes ah, or something like yeah. that. I hate when that happens. And then somebody will come out to me after the show, and they're like, "Oh, that's it was a great show," and I'm like, "Fucking liar!" Dude. <laughs> like that one that one thing. But I mean, that's if if you're a musician and you're not. Yeah. immensely hard on yourself and you're doing it wrong yeah for sure yeah i agree yeah yeah i i think that you have to have some kind of humility and like oh that's and so, definitely that's like crucial. yeah like, i mean i uh um i've said this a lot i think confidence is i mean it's good to be confident yeah but i think being overly confident yeah skews on the side of arrogance and arrogance is always suspect to me like yeah. when you see somebody who's like completely sure of themselves and just like I, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't think anybody should ever be sure of themselves completely. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's not, it's not the right way to live because like. Well, in this business, it's not either because then you're never growing. You're yeah. never out. You're in. You've, yeah, exactly. You're comfortable. And you're like, comfortable. If, if you, you think that yeah. you've like arrived, then you're wrong. Because yeah. You never arrive. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can have like a master at anything, whether it's a master musician or a ma- master carpenter or a master fucking plumber. Yeah. But like, they're still going to be, if you're, if they're not actively trying to get better at their skill, then like, I don't know. That's just, yeah. I don't know. That, which is why I try to, um, in my, in my live sets or if I'm playing at like a three hour bar show, for example, like I'll yeah. try, like I, that's why I try to play like such a wide variety of songs yeah. and genres because yeah. like, I don't want somebody to be like, Oh, he, he can only do that. Yeah. You know? So I don't want somebody to say that. I want somebody to be like, yeah. Oh, well he can do all of that. Yeah. I mean, Cause there's like plenty of artists that I know that are, they're really good at one thing, but I don't just want to be good at like the one thing. Yeah. Um, and that, and that might, and that honestly, I think has made my songwriting ability better it's made my my live performances better it's made my vocals better like just constantly like challenging myself to sing you know different genres and like you know just try different vocal inflections and all that so well um, I mean you you're pretty versatile anyway I mean you're, you're very like talented in the things that you can do with the guitar with piano with your voice and I mean even piano not I mean I'm I'm decent like I can get by but I'm not like, I, I wish I was a master piano player. That's my, that's my favorite instrument. <laughs> well, you're definitely, I can okay. I can you can, okay, we'll go with that. I don't think that's true, but we can go with that. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the guitar goes, you're very talented on the guitar, and I don't care what you yeah. say. Well, I've been doing that since <laughs> I was 13, so yeah. I should be pretty good at it. Yeah, hopefully. right. If I wasn't, I'd be like, again, it goes back to like, if I wasn't good at guitar by now, then I'd be like, okay, something's wrong. You, yeah. you gotta play a little more. But um, I mean, but also, I mean, especially with acoustic, because, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I love playing electric guitar, too, and I've actually thought about doing, like, um, some, like, mellow, like, electric, clean electric stuff moving yeah. forward, um, but 
acoustic is just I don't know I just I love playing an acoustic guitar and I love like going hard on an acoustic guitar because it's yeah. not really meant for that but yeah. like I just I don't know I could test the limits of it I guess so yeah but, so yeah. um you actually have been uh like really in this whole thing also been like focused on like health and mm-hmm. shared that with people yeah um and uh you did like 10 hikes and 10, 10 weeks peaks, and 10 weeks, yeah, yeah 10 peaks yeah. 10 weeks and can you just tell us like how important is that through through this whole thing as well as being a musician and yourself too like you know being somebody who kind of needs that mm-hmm. um well it's probably gonna be a long-winded answer but i guess i'll do my best to simplify it <laughs> uh I, I've never really felt really that comfortable in my life ever. Like I've never like, I don't know. You see people, I I see people all the time in situations that, you know, like for example, like at, it's a big reason I don't like going to bars because I go to a bar and I see all these people having fun and they're enjoying themselves. And like, I wish so badly that I sometimes could just be that person that can just like, just take a fucking breath and like be a part of it yeah and to go back to what I was saying like I, I I've never really felt comfortable in those situations or in pretty much any situation like just my entire life I felt like kind of like I've been like struggling with something like even if I'm not necessarily struggling with something mm-hmm. um I've had my fair share of suffering and loss and like I mean I'm not immune to that I mean other people I mean you experience it as well but yeah I guess, um, you know, through, you know, sports when I was younger, that kind of, um, I guess instilled this discipline in me, but Mm -hmm. I, I had to learn at a very young age how to kind of take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad was working all the time trying to take care of us while my mom was, she was, she's great now. I've been clean for a long time, but at the time she was, uh, you know, she was addicted to drugs and she was in jail and like, it just, so I kind of had to learn to, you know, to form this independence at a young age and then having said that I wasn't I wasn't mentally healthy then you know yeah. I just was very I was very angry and I was very bitter and I resented a lot of and I judged the fuck out of people and like I just I thought that I thought that the world was out to get me like and yeah. it's just and you know because I was people are a product of their environment you yeah know, it's 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 not it's pretty easy to see why a person turns out the way they do if you look at their past yeah sometimes that isn't always the case but um for me you know i'd gone through so many relationships with girls and you know that was always like a downfall for me like i would get involved with either the wrong people or i was wrong for them and then you know when those heartbreaks and and those troubles like just keep compounding at a certain point you can't really diffuse blame anymore. Like yeah. at a certain point you can't say like, Oh, it was their fault or it's the world's fault. Or it's like, you know, we can't control necessarily what happens to us, but you know, it's a very cliche saying, but it's very relevant. It's like, but we can control our reaction to it. And yeah. it took me until I was about 25 to really start like understanding that concept. And yeah. when I was about 25, I started getting, so this was, Uh, Well, I guess I was like 24, so about seven years ago, I got really into, I I was dating this girl at the time, it didn't work out, but she got me into like Eastern religion and philosophy and just kind of like understanding the concepts of, uh, Buddhism was a big one, but Mm -hmm. I started really diving into um, 
the concept of impermanence and what Buddhism calls the Four Noble Truths, which basically summarizes that life is suffering and yeah. that there is a path that can lead to the cessation of that suffering, but you can only do that by looking within you, not yeah. looking externally. Yeah. Um, so I promise I'm getting back to the full answer. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. Circle, but I just yeah. want to give some context so people understand, like, maybe so it, maybe because if they're going through you know, yeah. what I did. Um, and I'm not saying that Buddhism is the only, only way by any means because every every historical figure or religious person that was ever notable in their in their field of knowledge, they all say the same thing essentially, is that life is suffering and how do we manage that? Yeah. Well, we try to reduce it. So when in, in the terms of mental health, and, and physical health, I I realized that I can only find out who I am and people can only find out who they really are by inflicting as much physical and mental pain on themselves as they can. And I'm not talking about like, you know, like self-mutilating or self-sabotage, yeah. which I've done my fucking fair share of. Yeah. But like, um, I'm talking about like, as far as exercise and discipline and, and reading and, and just diving into this, diving into the unknown because that's where you find the answers to things. Yeah. Um, so I started this 10 weeks, 10 weeks thing, just to give this as a baseline example, as a means to not only have this schedule and structure that I have to stick to because I announce it publicly every year that I do it saying like, okay, I'm going to do 10 weeks in 10 weeks. And if I don't, and I know that if I don't do that, mm. then people are going to hold me accountable. And more importantly than that, I'm, I'm going to hold myself accountable and yeah. I'll feel bad about it. So, um, I go on these hikes. Like I've done a couple with, with people that I, I can confide in and trust and have a good conversation with, but mm. most of the time I do them alone yeah. and I, try to pick the hardest ones I possibly can that are the highest elevation that I possibly can in the worst conditions I possibly can. One of which this year I had to do in fucking sandals because I forgot my yeah. hiking boots <laughs> and my GPS was wrong and it turned out to be like six extra miles and it was 105 degree heat and it was just like, oh. it was brutal. But yeah. like the, there's something that happens. Like I want to make something very clear that I never really want to do these things. Like I don't like wake up in the morning and say, Hey, I'm going to go climb this fucking 14 mile yeah. high mountain or whatever. Or yeah. like, I don't, I don't wake up in the morning and say like, Oh, I can't wait to go to the gym and kill myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> on a, you know, doing legs or like, or I can't wait to fast for 18 hours and not yeah. eat the foods that I want to. But like, there's something that happens when I do that. I change like you like you whittle away at this part of yourself that keeps telling you that yeah. that you're not good enough or that you're inadequate or that there's something wrong with you like and when you do those things and you make it through the other side despite how difficult they are you feel something you feel hope and you feel confidence and I think that like a lot of people um, and again, I'm not saying that I haven't been this person, like I've experimented with drugs, I've, I've drank, I've never been a big drinker and stuff, but I think that a lot of people the reason that like this uh, this idea of like the American weekend exists, like the like I can't wait till Saturday and Sunday. It's like why do you have to? Why can't you wait till Saturday? Because yeah. like most people, I think are suffering so bad at the job they hate or the relationship they shouldn't be in, or or the kids that they maybe shouldn't have had but they did, and then and, and now they're in this situation that they feel so stuck and miserable and they feel so despondent and detached from life that the only thing that they have to look forward to is going to get fucked up at a bar on the weekend. Yeah. And that's, to me, and again, it's not a judgment for people that do that. Like, 
because in a way I understand like that's just your time to go crazy and like yeah. just forget but to me it's just, it's just so sad that like that's what that's the culture that we've created in today's society and world that like the only way to feel better is to look externally for that validation that's why yeah. social media exists that's why drinking exists that's why drug exists because people turn to those things for this quick dopamine rush and then like all it does yeah. is inevitably leave you feeling more vacant and yeah. worse so um i'm not saying i'm some grandiose wizard and like all-knowing person but like i know for 100 percent fucking certainty that the more that you suffer the more the stronger you become the more confident you become and the more that you love yourself which is the most important thing over anything yeah i think that, like the biggest reason why we see things like this systemic racism problem or the people's division in politics or the division on COVID is because people are so like ready to just like lash out because they're so fucking pent up. Yeah. But, um, which is a big reason why, and again, I'm not trying to fucking toot my own horn, but it's just like, <laughs> um, a big reason why I don't, um, get involved in those kind of conversations is because like, I know that within myself, I'm doing the best that I can for myself Yeah. because the change starts with you yeah it's it's right. if you change yourself you do change your life yeah you know if you change what's within you then everything around you will change too but it just takes that suffering to get there yeah. and like it doesn't it doesn't have to be physical but i think that people should they should try to meditate just like people people say like oh it's just sitting down and breathing for 30 minutes i can do that well try it and see if you can it's yeah. harder than you think <laughs> yeah it really um, is um <laughs> And again, like that's, that's just the way that I've done it. It's not like everybody's journey. I can only see, you know, I can only see the yeah. world through my eyes, not everybody else's, but like, that's what has helped me get to that point. Um, so I guess to like sum all of that up, like life is suffering. There's a path that leads to that suffering. And it's only by, you know, looking inward, not externally, not, you know, getting a job that you think will save you or buying a car that you think will make you feel better or any of that. Like, that yeah. stuff is all temporary, including suffering, but you have to be willing to face the deepest, darkest parts of yourself in order to get to a point where you feel content, yeah. not happy. Now, I want to make that a distinction too. I'm sorry I'm rambling, but this is a, a topic I'm very important, <laughs> I'm very passionate about. People are on this, uh, people, people are on this mission in life. Like, I, what do you want to do? I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. It's like, okay happy is just a state of mind like yeah. everything else you're sad sometimes you're happy sometimes you're angry sometimes you're bitter sometimes you're despondent sometimes happiness is an emotion it's not an end point yeah. i think that what people should strive to be more so is content yeah. and at peace like being at peace means that you feel every emotion that you're supposed to and that's okay it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel stressed out and if people say oh just don't be stressed out don't be sad just that's not a miracle cure yeah you need to wade through those emotions and it's important to wade through those emotions and and reaching a point of contentment and peace is the only way to feel any semblance of happiness and um so i i, I just think that you know i I, I post about these things and i i'm very open about my own struggles with it because i want people to know that like and by the way, I'm not cured of this. Like, yeah. I still fucking suffer all the time, you know? And I still, like, I still feel angry and sad and depressed all the time. But, like, the difference is now compared to where I was, say, seven or eight years ago, it's like, I know what it is now. Yeah. So I just, I let myself feel it, and then I move on. So, yeah. um, but it takes a lot of work. It's a, it's a lot of work every day to, you know, devote yourself to that. Yeah. Um, 
because you know self-hate is real I experience it immensely depression is real like um, so I think that people need to be aware of that and they need to be aware that there is a way to mend it not cure it but you can mend it yeah for sure yeah yeah. So, so what that. do you do for yourself after all of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What anyway, do you do for of... yourself? Mm. And yeah, enough of that. No, I'm um, just kidding. What, so what do I do for myself? Yeah. Like what is your, you know, how do you keep yourself like really? <laughs> My day is crazy, yeah. dude. Um, you know, Amber gives me shit for it all the time. Like people and other people. I mean, I, I think that I, I think I take things to a little, a little too much of an extreme. Like, I don't think that people have to go to the extent that I do. The reason I do these things... Okay, so this is my day. Okay. So this is a typical day for me. I wake up. Whenever I wake up, I sleep like shit. So I don't really put a clock on when I, sh- when I wake up. I just... I do yeah. when I wake up. I wake up. I drink this uh, apple cider, lime juice, cinnamon, cayenne, pepper drink. It's fucking awful. But it, like, helps start my day. And it's very has a lot of metabolic benefits and yeah. like work good for my brain. Take a cold shower for five minutes. Okay. Freezing cold shower to just shock my system and wake me up. I get out of the shower. I typically go to the gym. Um, and at this point I'm in a fasted state. So I typically don't eat for 18 hours a day and I eat for the other six. Um, wow. I go to the gym and I work out as hard as I can. Get done there, and then I stretch for about 30 minutes, and then I go in the sauna for about 20 minutes. So I'm in like a 200 degree sauna for about 20 minutes. Yeah. Very, very difficult to do. Then I yeah. Do, but I, then I do breathing exercises in the sauna to kind of put my mind in a meditative state. And then after that, I typically um, try to get outside, try to get some sun. Yeah. I think it's important to do that at some point of the day, just 10 minutes a day at least. And then I try to get some reading time in. Whether it's a, you know, I read a lot of self-help shit. So, yeah. like, whether it's something to just help me with something I'm struggling with or if it's a passage out of, um, like, the Dhammapada or some Taoist book that just gives me, like, a daily meditation. Um, and then after that, I typically have, like, a, a pretty healthy meal. And then I just, I, I try to write and play as much music as I can and listen to as much music as I can. And I'll listen to podcasts or interviews with people that I respect and admire that I look up to a lot. And it just, so, so for me, like that's kind of like my daily thing. Um, but that's how, that's just the kind of person that I am. Like I, I, I have to do those things. Yeah. It's not like a choice for me. Like I just make it a point to know that I have to do these things. And, um, and if I don't, my whole day fills off, but that's just me because again, like I, I, I have a lot of issues. <laughs> like I'm broken, you know. Yeah. So I, I have to, I have to mend those in some way, and that's what I do. Yeah. Um, and it's not always easy, and I, I really don't ever want to do it. I just, I do. And, yeah. And it helps. So. How do you think but, those things have helped you be a better musician? Um, I think just keeping me disciplined and structured. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I, some people, I, musicians all. Oh, there's a bee on care, everybody. She, she, she didn't kill it, but she swatted it. I think she wanted to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as helping me be a better musician, though, yeah, I, I just think that, um, like I said, artists all operate differently. They all operate, you know, everybody has their own writing process, including yeah. me. Um, I think that just knowing that I've put in the work, it's just, it's just a confidence thing. Um, knowing that I've done all those things throughout the day and then like obviously throughout my career I've played you know 
close to 2,000 shows now, which is insane yeah, to think that's about. that's crazy. Yeah, so I think that just, just again, like, going through, with waiting through all the sucky parts, and then you get to a point where it's just, you know, like, now, now when I go on stage, like, I just, I know that I'm going to do good. Yeah. You know, like, it's not even... It's not even a question anymore. And I don't don't mean to sound like, oh, I'm fucking great. But you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. have the confidence to, like, to do it and yeah. see it through. So, um, but as far as the writing process and, you know, actually writing material, it's it's helped. I mean, I, I can't even put it into words. Because, like, meditation, especially yoga, it puts you in this, it drops these, these alpha and beta brain waves in your brain so where you can easily be more creative and yeah. just write what you feel. That's what yeah. I've always told people to just write what they feel. And if you can be in more, if you can be the most in touch with yourself possible, then you're going to be able to write great music. Yeah. Which is why like, you know, a person like you who just, you know, you just released that song, which is, I can feel the emotion in it and like feel where you were. And like, I, that, that's how you put yours into motion by yeah. taking a past experience or something you felt and putting it into a song. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I definitely agree with, I think it's, it's, but I think a lot of people hold back when they write music too. And it's, yeah, they're, they're afraid. They're afraid to I have to a voice it. with it. Yeah. And yeah. for myself too, like, I mean, this is the third song I've, I've basically put in the world. And it's the first one I've done, like, on, on in my own name. But, um, you know, even that song, like I, it took me a, what, six months before, I mean, I had written that in December yeah, and it took me six or seven months before I was like, okay, I think I can like put something out now, you yeah. know, going to Xander and being like, can you help me make this better? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. which is honestly like kudos to you because I have a hard time with that. Like, if I, like, write something I think is good and, like, I take it to somebody, they're like, well, I'm just like, hey, fuck you. Like, I just, anyways, but yeah. Uh, it's, it is hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, and even going to Meg's, too, and having Meg's sing it, like, it's just so difficult trying to um, have that humility to go to people and want to share your, your thoughts with yeah. people and your emotions and, that's a really, it was a really hard subject for some people. I went to a couple of people and some people were like, I, I can't, this is too sad. I, mm-hmm. I don't do this type of music. And so, um, you know, that's where I kind of came back or I kept coming back around to Xander and, um, feeling like there was this, um, pull to try and recreate something between the two of us as friends mm-hmm. and make it something that I, I could see Xander, excelling at and really like making beautiful and um with Megs she's more known to be country and like that's her whole world of music but she's a classical trained singer yeah she's great and so like I I was like you have to sing this like Mm -hmm. I I just want that from a girl's perspective yeah I was gonna say I was just gonna say that from a female's perspective I'm sure that it'd help you a lot and like that contrast between like yeah Xander's like low yeah like he has such a cool tone to his voice. He he reminds me a lot of Louis Capaldi when he sings at that that lower tenor. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's yeah, cool. it really is. And, and it's... we're so lucky to like. We're so lucky to like. I mean, I feel lucky at least to just know so many great musicians. Yeah, I used to have this weird like. It was weird. I used to have this when I was a lot more insecure about myself and like I wasn't as where I am as a musician today. I was really like, I would get kind of like jealous of people. I would never yeah. like put them down, but like I would get like. And like oh that person's so much better or you yeah. know, so it's just it 
but now like I just appreciate good musicians like so yeah. much and like I just I want to see them succeed you know yeah. more than anything which is kind of what really wanted me to do this whole thing I just saw so many amazing people and no amazing musicians yeah. and it was like man I just want to just show people that you yes. don't have to be famous to be fucking awesome oh and amazing God, right and like isn't that a okay that is a weird thing that like people think that if you're not fucking Ed Sheeran yeah then you're just like okay okay just so everybody knows on this podcast <laughs> there is a vast difference between like a fucking open micer yeah and Ed Sheeran there's yeah a lot of gray area yeah. there's a lot of it there's literally famous musicians that you've never heard of that tour all over the world yeah that are very successful that aren't in the top 40. Yeah. Just a heads up for you guys. Yeah. Because a lot of people have this misconception. Like, when I tell people that I'm a musician and, like, they, they, like, never heard of me. Yeah. They're, like, I can just feel, like, the condescending tone. When yeah. Like, oh. It's, like. They, <laughs> How's that going? Know, it's, like, dude, I've played in 26 <laughs> countries. Like, yeah. I think I'm okay. But. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, so But that is the that's the yeah. thing. Like most people are like, Oh, you, you make it as a musician full time? How is that possible? I get that question all the time. You're easy. talking to all these people well, it's not easy, that are but... that are full time musicians? Yeah. Yeah. They all have worked their ass off to do yeah. it. They all have amazing talent. Yeah. And they all have have put their heads and, and body and soul into what they yeah. do to make it that yeah, way exactly and none of them want to be <laughs> none of them want to be you know i mean some do want to be famous but none of them strive to be beyonce or ed sheeran yeah. or maroon five or whoever and, like, those are like those are like you know they're outliers you know i mean yeah. people gotta understand like i mean there's a lot of musicians I mean, I think that everybody can agree that some musicians that are in the top 40 definitely yeah. like, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But then, but I mean, but to play devil's advocate, there are musicians that like, like Ed Sheeran, fucking Dermot Kennedy, Louis Capaldi, yeah. like even fucking like Justin Bieber, despite his music maybe being poppy and weird, he's an incredible musician. musician. Yeah. He's amazing. And if yeah. you think otherwise, then you're crazy. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. But like, um, but there's like this this thing of where like you're just a local musician or you're just an opener yeah. and how could yeah. you be that good it's you like, know dude, okay like well i think that it's important for people to define define what success means and i yeah. had to do that a long time ago like when i first started playing shows i didn't i, I was just kind of doing it to like yeah. just do, like play alive i wasn't really and then like a buddy of mine um shout out to mike allen buddy of mine mike allen actually inspired me to like he's like dude you could actually like do this i think so like all right so i actually tried and it took a long time but like yeah. eventually got to the point like you know if you're playing four or five shows a week at 200 bucks a pop or 300 bucks a pop like you're doing pretty fucking good yeah you're doing better than most people and you're doing something that you love and you're working you're quote-unquote working yeah like 10 hours a week yeah so you're right. doing okay yeah you know? so but people don't like but you say that you you say that you're a musician to people and automatically they're just like, oh, this guy's a fucking loser or whatever. Yeah. It's like, and that's a or weird you must thing. Be, or, or you must be um, uh, poor, you yeah, know, you and you can't, exactly, yeah, you yeah. can't afford anything or, yeah. you know, you're on the street making, busking yeah, or whatever, exactly. you know? Like, and, and again, like, there's, define your success. Like, yeah. I think that if you play music for money live in any capacity, then you're doing it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have yeah. to be like, I, I don't know, but I mean, obviously nobody's doing that really anymore. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like you just got to define your success and like people, I don't yeah. know, people are going to, 
it, it's a it's it's the the hardest industry to break. Yeah. And and like I had to come to terms with this a long time ago. I mean, and once I did, which was weird, that's when things started to happen, which is strange. Like once I just yeah. let go of like that grandiose, like oh, I want to be in the fucking whatever. But yeah. But there's there's so many there's so many good artists out there that like you shouldn't try to be them just like be you yeah and see where it goes and like just if you feel good about it like just fucking play it like yeah i I, embrace the weirdness i've played shows for fucking 1500 people 2000 people and then i played shows for fucking five like i don't i just want to I had to come to this point where, like, I had to be comfortable playing for nobody if it came to that. Yeah. And that's hard to do because yeah. you want people to hear you. But you have to love it enough to just play it for play yourself. It. Yeah. And, like, that's tough sometimes, for sure. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah. Especially right now when nobody is coming out to shows. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> but, yeah. So. And I, I mean, it's... But it also takes a level of just, you know having that faith in yourself that you're doing what you should exactly and yeah, like that you you you're doing it not only for you know other people because music is is healing music transcends it transcends everything language mm-hmm. barriers and everything 100%. it's universal it's universal mm-hmm. and so at some point you have to know that like it may not be you know what one person wants or what one person prefers or whatever that there's uh, you know there's just what six billion people in this world just yeah. somebody's gonna like it yeah. and prefer yeah. it and you know the joke with Casey and <laughs> is that his music is sad yep sad is sexy <laughs> sad is sexy. sexy and um we he dubbed what was it last year you dubbed all of your fans the, the sads, sads yeah. <laughs> so like you know it's been a <laughs> joke but uh you know it, that's the yeah, thing is like that yeah <laughs> um but you know I, I think it's I think people have to just, you know, with local music itself and what I tried to to bring to light was that, you know, whether it's sad, whether it's happy, whether it's poppy, whether it's, you know, um, rap, whatever it is, you know, or, yeah. you know, like the martial law band being rap and like having jazz people in it, you yeah. know, like whatever you're doing, um, you know, there's going to be somebody out there that wants it. You know, Music, whether you're playing yeah. for nobody or playing for a group yeah. of 2,000 people. It's it's subjective. Like, yeah. that's, that's the one thing I love about music is it, it's not only... It's kind of a paradox because music is also universal, but it's also so subjective. Yeah. Like, there's there's artists that, like... Like, some, some of, like, my friends' music taste is, like, how do you listen to that? Yeah. In my eyes. But it's, like, they like it. Yeah. So I can't say that it sucks. Yeah. Because, like... like Luke Bryan's a perfect example. Yeah. Video. I have this obsession with Luke Bryan because I, I just I like again, he's extremely famous, he's extremely successful. He's obviously making way more money than I am. So he's obviously doing something right. And I'm not gonna knock the guy. I'm sure he's a great human. And guess what? He's probably a really talented musician too. But if you think that one margarita song is a good song, <laughs> then you're fucking crazy. So that's all I'm gonna say. But anyways, uh, <laughs> but again like people and so I can't like I do it in a joking I'm like not yeah. actually serious but like people like what they like yeah. and that's okay yeah. like that's what I love about music it's like people would line around the block to see Luke Bryan but I'd rather get stabbed in the eye yeah so right. I mean no, <laughs> yeah. no offense Luke Bryan I'm sure you're a good dude just yeah <laughs> 
Probably doesn't like my music so, either. But. Yeah, but I mean, side note, Casey <laughs> does a lot of awesome videos um, on his Instagram stories of uh, just being silly with shit, and <laughs> it is my favorite thing in the whole fucking world. That's a, uh, um, if there's any, if there's one thing that I can say as a musician or whatever, like, you just... If the moment you start taking yourself seriously yeah. in this in this industry, you're gonna fail. Like you just you can't. Like yeah. I have, I can proudly and like lovingly say that I have so many fucking people that support the music I make and like love what I create. And then that three percent of those bad reviews that I get are, when you read them, it's just there's to me it's like funny. Yeah. But like to a lot of people I know that it wouldn't be because it like hurts it's it kinda hurts to hear that about yourself, like, oh this song fucking sucks yeah. or whatever. But but you just gotta roll with it because that's just gonna happen. So yeah. people aren't gonna like your music sometimes and that's okay. Yeah. Because that's why it exists in the first place. Like it's 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 performance art, that's all it is. And if people don't like it, that's fine. Yeah. Just because there are way more people that will and just like, You gotta roll with it. Exactly. Yeah. So well, we're kinda coming yeah. to the end. Um, I do want to, I want to pay you a compliment. I okay. don't know what your threshold for compliments are, but I want to say that, um, <laughs> what you're doing is incredible and I value you as a friend, as a person, and I really appreciate you. And I think that it's Thank amazing you. that you continue to do this through this crazy time and you supported me more than I could ever pay you back for. So thank you. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. You're welcome. I love all of your music and I love you too. You're I always call him he's my favorite human (laughs) so thank you keep it that way god damn it (laughs) right well thank you everybody for joining us and uh, you know thank you Casey for coming on to the one year anniversary of everything and my first podcast and um, being a part of LM, like an integral part of LMS and congratulations you deserve it so thank you and um, yeah I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. It was a great conversation. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye.